What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Sophisticated Ratchet Podcast. I think this is episode 11. Hey. So, um, it's your girl, Killer Diva. If y'all are new to the podcast, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you have not subscribed, make sure you do that. And also, you need to follow us on um, Instagram, the Sophisticated Ratchet Podcast. And yeah. So, let's get right into the show. So it's just me. Hey, y'all. How was everyone's holiday? Uh, I know um, everybody does not celebrate the 4th of July. You may uh, celebrate Juneteenth. Last time I recorded, I think Juneteenth had already passed. Cause that was like the 19th. And um, yeah, we had already passed. I myself, I don't personally like celebrate the 4th of July. But because by default... um. Everybody is off of work, so did it fall? It did fall on the weekend anyways, but family is usually around, you know, so even though I may not personally agree with the 4th of July and celebrate the holiday itself, during that time, I celebrate family, so um, I had uh, my cousin had a cook out of her house, and everybody kind of met up there, my cousin from Germany came it was a good old grand old time, and we did some BHHS, ball-headed hoe shit, <laughs> for the summer. <laughs> so we got some hot girl summers going on, but there's also some ball-headed hoe shit that's going on. So we indulged in a little bit of that. You know how it is when you get with your cousins that you probably haven't seen in a while. But everything was good. Nothing um, terrible happened. Everybody made it back home in one piece, and we are here today. So, I wanted to switch gears a little bit today and um, change the content up just a little bit because, I mean, the show is a sophisticated ratchet podcast. A lot of it is ratchet, you know, but we can be sophisticated too. And at sometimes, times I feel like, you know, there may, there, blah, tongue tied. There may be some information that I have that everybody may not even know because a lot of this information is new to me. Shit, I'm still going through it. But when I see things are working for me, I don't want to hold on to the information. I want to get it out. So basically on this podcast, what we're going to talk about is um, getting your business credit started and starting your own business. That's something that I'm in the process of doing right now. I've laid the foundation and I've jumped through a few hurdles, not even necessarily hurdles. I've completed a few steps that I think that everybody should do if you are interested in building a business um, because these steps are detrimental in what you may want to do. And it can save you a lot of money in the process. So um, what I want to talk about today is how you can build business credit. There are about three different parts to this so I'm going to really kind of give an overview but I'm going to really get down to the meats and the potatoes of the first step so basically what I want to talk about first is of course whenever you decide that you want to start a business you need to know exactly what it is that you would want to do um what that business entails um what type of uh, market research you may need to do Who's your target audience? Very important. A lot of people don't do it, but it just makes life so much easier to create a business plan. That way you have everything step by step. 
And if you decide to go the traditional route of maybe getting an investor, you now have your projections here. So you can present them this business plan and they can basically see an overview of what it what your vision is, what your baby is, what's going on in your mind, and also a projection of what your sales and revenues are going to look like. So they can kind of look at their return on investment, what type of money that they can look to, you know, gain back once they've given you some sort of revenue or investment. But um, that's not the meat and potatoes of what I'm talking about, but that helps um, what I came to talk about today, but it helps to have a business plan. So if you do have a business plan, that's not wrong. If you don't have a business plan, it's okay, but it just makes things a little bit easier. And also depending on the route that you may want to take later down the road, having a business plan may be detrimental for you. And it'll just save you some time because you don't want to get... um in the nitty gritty of your business, you know, and you know, of course, starting out your business, a lot of the times it's just you yourself working. So you don't want to stop production and everything else you're doing to go back to completing a business plan and business plans. They take some time. I know this personally from doing them in college and just kind of revamping mine now for what I'm doing here. So what I want to talk about today is obtaining business credit. Um, A lot of us personally, we obtain credit by our social security number. We have a credit score. Um, We know the traditional way in which you can, um, how it works. You know, at first you don't have any credit at all. Most of us, we get dragged in in college where they give us, um, you get a free pizza if you sign up for a credit card. Now you have a credit card. You're not even in that mind frame of that. Some people are actually mature because their parents may have taught them or they're just mature about how to handle finances and they don't go out and max the credit card. But some like myself, even though my parents told me, you know, um, basically don't get the credit card or if I'm going to get it, only use what I know that I can pay back. I ain't listen to that. So I maxed the credit card and I did not pay it back. So it went on to my credit and it reported negatively. But um, nonetheless, that's usually how a lot of us obtain credit for the first time around. It's a credit card. But prior to that, you did not have any credit. But someone um, went out on a limb and they gave you a chance. But during that time, of course, you have accumulated a score. And as you get older, you've learned how to possibly make that score go up. Or things happen in life and that score may have gotten worse it it went down but business credit is really not any different it works pretty much the same what happens is you're issued um an ein number whenever this is from the irs and you can um go to the irs the internal revenue services and you can register to get to obtain um an ein number that's something that you get instantly the only time that you may have problem obtaining an ein is if you have delinquent taxes if you haven't filed your taxes in some time um, they will not allow you to get an EIN number but other than that there's no fee or anything associated with obtaining an EIN number but to take it back your EIN number is equivalent to your social but it's dealing within the business realm of things it's not associated with your personal social at all only your business so um I may be jumping the gun, but I just want to explain some things so you know that an EIN 
is what we're working with as it relates to the business credit. Nothing is associated with your personal social. Now, there are instances where if you do have very good credit or you may have a good co-signer, you are able to get uh, what we call a PG or a personal guarantee where this person or yourself, you can actually put your social down to obtain these credit cards of things of that nature. But understand that you or whoever co-signs as the PG will be held responsible if that money was not to uh, be paid back. Wherein, if you have used your EIN, your business itself is held responsible. So they can't come for any of your personal assets because it's all tied into your EIN. So to get down, to get started, um, what I'm talking about today, with business credit, you can obtain basically anything that you want. You can get product uh, to get your business started. You can get... um, actual cash you know what i mean they're just steps that you have to take a lot of people get this misconception the same as with their personal credit and it's the same once you're born you get a social security number that does not mean that you automatically have credit just like i said you get your first uh, go around a lot of the times in college when you actually apply for that credit card and you obtain it but you don't automatically get credit and that's the same thing as it relates to an ein Once you apply for that EIN, you do not have credit. You have to build that credit just like you would with your personal social security number. So what I'm going to do is talk to you about the steps on how you can actually obtain credit, um, business credit with the EIN number. So um, these are just steps that I went through. I understand the full process and I'm not going to overload you guys, but I'm going to tell you the first steps. We're going to talk about vendors today, but there are a few things that you have to do first. You have to set your business up credibly in order for you to even um, obtain this credit from your vendors. And the vendors are the first step and you have to take steps just like when you're a personal credit. You don't just you could try, but you can't just jump out the gate (laughs) and apply for a black card or in some cases apply for a a visa card with $20,000, you're going to get declined. You have to take baby steps. You may have to get a secured visa card first. You may have to get you like a belt card or something like that. And once you've paid those, you're able to then take the steps to get, you know, a credit card that may have a $1,000 limit. And then you may pay that very well and you're able to get like a $10,000 limit and so on. You know, it's no different in the business world. So we're going to talk about the first step which is vendors, um, net 30 vendors. You have like net 15, net 30, net 60. I think there may be net 90. But um, a lot of the companies are net 30 vendors. But this is your first stop on the road of obtaining business credit and getting things that you may want. So the very first thing, kind of backtrack, like I said, you come up with your business name, you don't have to have your business plan and all of that stuff in notion for emotion for what I'm going to speak on, but you need to at least have an idea of what the hell you want to call your business. All right. So you create your business name, you write it down. So in this case, let's just say Rosa's Pizza Gallery. My business is going to be called Rosa's Pizza Gallery. 
Now, what you want to do is you want to make sure that your business is set up credibly. At this point in time, you could be sitting at your kitchen table. So, of course, you don't have a brick and mortar um, storefront that you could physically walk in. When you're submitting your paperwork, more than likely you're going to be leaning towards using your, um, your home address. It's not recommended to use your home's address. We would like to keep the entities separate, your home address and your business entity. Although you don't have a physical building in which you can work, uh, walk into or work in, I'm going to tell you a step in which you can work around this. Now, when I first started, because I was kind of doing some things on the fly, and then after the fact, I kind of researched and I got some information to go from there. But when I first started out, I did things a little bit differently. I did put my home address there. I didn't have a lot of things set up. Although I was still able to obtain what I wanted, my first um, Net30 account, but I didn't do it traditionally, I guess, step by step. But I'm going to tell you the correct way that you should do it. So you have your business idea, the name Rose's Pizza Gallery. The next thing that I would recommend you to do is to now, and this is only if you got it like that and you're able to go out and get you a storefront today or tomorrow, you go ahead and you use that address. You don't have to take this step here because you have a physical location. If you're not able to do that, again, and to steer away from using your, um, your physical home address, do not, I repeat, do not obtain a regular P.O. box, post office box from your post office or UPS or anything like that because you will get denied on your applications. Do not do that. Even with registering with the state, don't do it. I don't even think you can do that with registering with the state. I think it has to be a physical address. But nonetheless, let me not overstep. What you would need to do with your address is get what we call... Are they? I'm not gonna say we like I'm a guru or something, but um, you need to obtain a virtual address. You can get a virtual address from a very um, I'll say well-known company is called Regis. Regis is available in most um states, so you would just type in Regis, type in your go to Regis. I think it's Regis.com, but Google it, you'll find it. Once you type in regional, uh, uh, sorry, Regis virtual um, addresses, you'll find it. But you would select the state that you're in, and then they would bring, um, they would narrow it down for your state and tell you the location that's there, and the prices will be set. Um, now, I'm going to keep it real with you. Regis is very, very nice. They offer virtual um, addresses they also have virtual offices so if you are in a business um, that you feel that you may have to meet with clients but you don't have that actual storefront or that space available um, depending on the package that you pick with Regis you actually can have an office within that building that's in your city Um, you can have your own office or you could share one I think it's one like a shared workspace and you can also have um access to like the meeting rooms and things of that nature you also would have like and this is all depending on the package you pick a receptionist that will pick up phone calls for you direct your calls you'll have all of this but like i said regis very well known very dependable but it's a little bit pricey i think for where i am where i am in south carolina i was looking at it it was about like 211 dollars yeah 
I ain't got it like that. So I had to pass on Regis. Um, we may revisit Regis a little bit later, but what I'm doing right now is actually working out pretty well. So we're going to rock with that. So what I use is um, a virtual address through a service called iPostal. iPostal, um, I think it's iPostal 1 or Google iPostal. It works exactly the same as Regis does as it relates to, well, let me take that back. You don't get all of the, uh, the options that uh, Regis offers, if I'm not mistaken, because it also depends on the location that's physically in your city if they actually offer within that facility all of these other services but what i do with ipostal i pay like ten dollars a month ten dollars is a hell of a lot better than 211 dollars so um they supply me with a virtual address so i have my address um and then suite number 1101 this is supposedly my actual unit and that's no different you know if you're a business and you're looking at my application or whatnot if you don't live in this physical city that I live in that address sounds pretty legit one two three sunshine you know road suite 201 that can actually be believable and I um I'll tell you about this too I took the actual steps so if you actually google my business all of this will be on google and working with um, Staples as a credit analyst, that was something that I would actually do sometimes. I would actually Google these businesses because we work with small businesses. I would Google them to see if they were legitimate, if they were still in business. And this would be the determining factor if I am going to increase their credit limit or um, they're ordering more product, if I'm going to take these products off hold um, a lot of things that I analyze, but your Google presence, your internet presence, it means a lot. And now doing my business things, um, I kind of understand my job title or my job role a little bit more at Staples. When I was there, I was just kind of doing a job, but now it all makes sense. And I think I'll be applying for a Staples card pretty soon because I know a little, you know, you know. But anyways, um, let me get back. So I post them. I pay, I think I said $9 a month. This service allows me to, they have an app. So basically whenever mail comes to me, it will go there. So I have a mailbox there. Um, it's not coming to me, to my home, but I have an app. So this app will tell me they scan in the mail. So if someone sent me a piece of mail, they scan it in and then I get the alert to my app letting me know that I have mail. If a package is delivered, I actually got some um, bottles today from UPS. So that was delivered and that was scanned in. So I just went and I picked up my package. Knowing, um, but all the time, this company does not know that this place is not even my business. It's a third party. But nonetheless, it worked. <laughs> it worked. The uh, package that I have right now it has my business name and it has my virtual address and like I said it worked $9 a month so nonetheless I say all that to say you don't have to spend all of this money unless you have it on hand for a service like Regis you can use iPostal and that will give you exactly what you need which is basically an address that is not a PO box that is not a, 
a, a UPS location or whatever, and it's not your home address. You have that, all right? The next thing you would need to do um, is obtain a phone number for your business. Do not use your cell phone. Do not use your home phone. The reason why you cannot use these things is because depending upon what you may want to do later on down the road, these companies have actual programs. As soon as they enter your phone number, it's going to tell them exactly what type of phone number it is. If it's a cell phone number, if it's a home phone, so it doesn't make your business look credible. So um, that can go, that can lead to an automatically uh, denial of your application or Whatever it is that you're trying to obtain, your Net30 account, don't use your cell phone or your home address. Now, you can use a VOIP, a voice over internet provider like Google Voice. That's what I'm using right now. Uh, I know some people use like Magic Jack, things of that nature. Now, I thought the same thing. Like Once they put the phone number in, they should see that this is not an a landline tied to a business or whatever it is um it is a a voice over internet provider but hey doing my research i see that that's what a lot of other gurus use and it works i actually was able to use it and i didn't have any problem with obtaining my first first vendor by using a google voice number so that would be what you would need to do next you need to obtain a google voice number it's absolutely free you can go on google and get that set up you can go in you can personalize your voicemail put your business name there do all of that um the application allows you to see who calls you um if you have missed calls you can text from that app you could do anything i think you guys are familiar with how google voice works so it's really no different you just go to google voice set you one up but make sure that you do have a phone number set up and it is not, again, your cell phone or your actual home landline number. Now, um, since we're talking about phone numbers, I guess I'll put this in here. What you need to do, because you need to be researchable by businesses, um, just like I told you during my time at Staples, how Google your numbers or, or clients, the business's numbers and things of that nature, or Google them in general just to see what I can find, just to see how credible they are. With your Google number or whatever you decide to uh, select, you need to actually go to um, listyourself.com. And what List Yourself does is it allows you to list your number with, um, and I'm sorry, it's listyourself.net. Listyourself.net allows you to list your company, your business with 411. I think there may be a charge of $29.99 because I saw it once I was done. And I think that is if you want immediate results or whatever. Eventually, it's going to go on to the 411 in National Directory because there's no way that you can just go straight to 411 and list your number. You have to do it unfortunately through listyourself.net this is the only way that i've seen it but nonetheless i didn't pay anything i went to listyourself.net i think the whole process took about three days once you do the initial you're just basically putting in your business name your um and you're doing your address as well so that virtual address you will enter that here 
you would also enter your Google number or whatever the number is. They'll send you an email and tell you, uh, you know, we're finalizing everything. We'll send you another email in about three days when you're listed. I did that smooth as pie. So, again, get you a number. Google Voice is free. After you do that, go to listyourself.net. Get yourself registered with uh, the National 411. Because, again, you want these businesses these other businesses or lenders to be able to research you to make sure that you are credible that you are because they're not going to give you access to their product if they feel that you're just some joe blow sitting at home coming up with a scheme to get all their product and not pay back because i mean believe me b there are people that actually do that during my time at staples i had accounts that were like we still called them like i said it was like net 30 was the most that we went over yo there was well over 30 days that they hadn't paid their invoices i'm talking about seven eight months year and these are supposed to be businesses and they ordered shit like staples you can buy furniture you can get computers you can get flat screen tvs so there are some people that actually go into this shit to scam because once again it's not tied to your social security number it is tied to your ein number now you are listed you are tied to your ein you know what i mean but legally the company or whoever if they decide to sue they can't come after your personal assets again they're going to have to come after the company and if the company doesn't have any revenue you know oh well so again that's why they do the research to make sure that you're legitimate so make sure that you do list yourself with listyourself.net. Now, um, another thing that you want to do, and I don't know where I'm at. If I'm at one, two, three, this might be step four. You want to get a professional email account. Please do not have Rosa's Pizza Gallery at gmail.com. That is not professional. I wouldn't take you seriously either as a consumer if you gave me a business card or what have you and you don't even have your own domain, you don't have your own name listed there, you have Google because it's not even expensive. That's the issue. Like you have to spend some money to make some money. You have to spend money when invested in your business. It's just like simple. And a lot of the times you're not spending a lot of money for these things, but they're definitely necessities, things that you should have in place. But um, go ahead and get you a real email, corporate email address. I actually got mine through Google. I have mine through Google uh, G Suite. And I pay $6 a month for my email address. It's my first dot last name at my company, dot com, dot com. Some people like dot net and dot org, but I don't know. I feel like dot com just rings a bell. But like I said, it's only $6 a month. So go ahead and invest that $6 a month and get you a real email. Um, my email, I think it allows me to do up to 100 email addresses. So if you have other people that are working for you and you want them to have access to the content, you pay that same $6 and you you all have an email address. If you want to have your name, uh, first dot last name at rosapizza.com, you can do that. But if you also want to have like a inquiry email address, uh, info at rosapizza.com you still have the ability to do that 
with just paying six dollars a month and this is very again detrimental when you are filling out forms because again they're not trying to see no gmail and no hotmail oh especially the hotmail they ain't trying to see no email addresses y'all so go ahead and spend the money and just get you a corporate email address and you could do that through godaddy any of these um hosting agents or sites they will allow you to purchase um your your email suite through them and you can manage it through them as well so that's something else that's very important that you need to do now another thing that i advise you to do as well is purchase you a domain they're not expensive at all i purchased mine again with google only 12 dollars a year annually you're not paying this a month so it's no excuse, especially if you have a name that you think may be very catchy. You don't want anyone else to grab it. I advise you to go ahead and buy a domain. It's good for a year, and then after that, you can renew it. Mine is with Google. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to build your website through Google. You can outsource it to anywhere that you would want to outsource your domain. Um, I did have a waiting time. I believe it was like 60 days or so that Google makes you wait before you can export your domain to any other um, host hosting agents or hosting websites. But you could do that through Google, GoDaddy, um, WordPress, Squarespace. is so many places or apps and things of that nature that you can use to build your website. And even if you don't have the, the means of getting your website up and running the way that you want because... I'm going to keep it 100% with you guys. Oh, yeah. Let me tell y'all about this, too. But because I, I have someone that helps me work with a lot of things. And I'm sorry. I skipped some steps. But I know that we wasn't talking about building a business from scratch. ABC. I was trying to focus on the, the credits, uh, the business vendors. So I, I didn't mention a lot of these things. But something else that I feel that you guys should know about is Upwork. U-P-W-O-R-K. Upwork is basically an app, a site that you can actually um, get freelancers to do work for you. So if you um, don't know how to build a website, you can actually go on Upwork and somebody will be able to do it for you for a cheaper rate. And there are so many people that you could choose from. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to find somebody. Uh, I had someone design three logos for me the the logo for the um the podcast the logo for my company I actually had two logos for my company design and I, I think I only paid like maybe $60 a piece for all of them if that I think like one of them was 30 or so like that you have people all over the world uh Bangladesh Pakistan everywhere they, they are on this site and I mean I'm sorry to say it, but some of them are working for cheap so like I said where your cousin or your homeboy and I get it they trying to eat they may charge you like $150 for a logo design somebody on Upwork I promise you is going to do it for $25-30 and it's good quality work you can look at their portfolio so I said all that to say Upwork.com or the Upwork app great source to go to find someone to build your website um my uh my go-to that I work with that she I pretty much she's on the team she designed um my uh logo for me she did my business card for me she's also going to be doing the website for me but I am still gathering content 
And I mean, right now it's a little pricey for me, but I'm gonna get to it because her work is great. And as um, I gather all the content, because that's what I'm really working on, just getting some more content so I can have that to give to her. She's charging me $400. That's, I think, to purchase a template, to get everything together. And I think um, I think a few months of maintenance where she could go in and update things. And I'm not like a alliterator. I don't know how to do these things. I'm not blind to the fact. I could do web coding. I could do these things too. But I just don't have the time. And I wanted to have like that professional look you know what I mean I'm willing to spend a little bit money of money to get good results you know what I mean to get a good end result a good product so that's why I'll spend that for I ain't got it right now I'm like Tierra Marie I ain't got it but we're gonna get it and we're gonna get it done so another thing too is also if you don't have the funds available at least purchase that domain and it's not hard. If you don't know how to do it, like I tell everybody, it's no excuses. Go to YouTube.com, my nigga. Google or uh, YouTube how to just go up and put an under construction page, landing page on your website. So you can at least have that or under maintenance. Whatever the case may be, this lender is now seeing that you do have a credible website, a domain. It's just under maintenance. And that happens. To the best of us, shit, your bank will send you an email sometimes or you may go on and to your bank to try to do some shit on your online banking and they'll tell you we're under maintenance for this to this to this. That landing page is up. So it's not like your business is not legit because you have a landing page up. Now, don't have that landing page under maintenance for a whole year. But while you're doing some things or getting some things going, it's okay to have that under construction under maintenance page available but you the main thing is you have that domain when you're filling out your applications you're able to put an actual website and do not leave it blank so that's what i'm just trying to say to better your chances of not getting denied just make sure you have these things in place so you can actually fill something out even if you got to do some more work on the back end side you at least have it okay so Go purchase your domain. Like I said, you're not going to spend a whole lot of money. Probably a minimum of $20. Even that, I think $20 is max. But get those things done. Um, Next, what you would need to do is register with your state. Register your business entity with your state. So um, that's where it comes back into picking whatever name that you would like to have. You also wanted to make sure at this point... If you're going to be like a corporation, sole proprietor, LLC, um, yeah, S-Corp, Corp, yeah. You decide based off of your business where you fit in there. But have that in mind because that's going to be important um, as soon as you go into your state's website to register. They're going to ask you, you know, what, what are you registering? You also kind of want to know, again, what your business entails, what type of company, are you sales, are you like retail, I'm sorry, that's probably about the same, are you food, are you a service, whatever the case may be, they may want a little description here and there, but this process, y'all, I'm telling, it probably takes 10 minutes, if that, it, it doesn't take long, because you should already know what it is that you're wanting to do, and then, um, they're going to charge you. <laughs> and then it takes usually about a day or two, maybe a day, depending on when you're doing it. The following day, you should have your approval. 
I paid $145.50 here in South Carolina. Um, but what you're doing is you're, once you do that, you know, you'll get your documents. So you'll get your articles of organization. You'll get your uh, certificate of existence. So um, these are documents that you would need in most cases, like with setting up a bank account, for example, or applying for certain vendors. They need to know this. And Sorry, guys. <laughs> I might have to edit that out. My music just came on out of nowhere. But um, they'll be able to still also look this stuff up once you're registered with the state. Um, it's public records at that point, just kind of like I'm a notary. So if you go onto our state's um, website, to the notary section, and you type in the search and type in my name, it'll populate there. So this is no different. If your business name were to be typed into whatever database, they'll be able to obtain those articles of organization, um, certificate of existence, so they know that your business is legitimate. Like, once you register with the state, this is really, really, like, the first step to say that you have a legitimate business. Like, I have a business, you know what I mean? I have a, a no. well, I'll say your presence is now known legitimately. Your presence is known. So, like I said, it varies from state to state. In South Carolina, I paid one forty five fifty, um, and I, this is an annual fee. But I paid that. But I've heard some people in Cali say like they they spent like six hundred dollars. So it definitely is different depending on the state. So you just want to go on your state's website, take a look, and just see how much it costs. Go ahead and at least do some research. If you're not able to buy it now, you at least know how much it costs. So you definitely would need to get that done. That is essential, essential before you go out here trying to apply for anything because they are going to turn your ass down. Because again, you do not have a real presence. You're nobody at this point. You're not a real business. You might be operating, you might be generating revenue, but you don't have your paperwork together. And that's a lot of the problem. A lot of people jump out there but they don't even have the foundation laid. These are simple steps, guys. Just just get the foundation laid. So the next thing that you want to do, and I did this a little backwards. I actually got my EIN number first, and then I registered with the state, and I had to go back. Because when I got my EIN number, I just gave them my business name without the LLC. But when then I registered with the state, the LLC was included. So they weren't the same. So basically I had to go back to the IRS and now obtain an EIN number that matches what I registered with the state with. So that's why I want to tell you guys the correct way. Go to the state first and if it's Rosa Pizza Gallery LLC, whenever you go to register for your EIN number, it should also be Rosa uh, Pizza Gallery LLC. Now you can also do like a doing business as because you may be Rosa's Pizza LLC, but you're doing pe uh, business as Rosa's Pizza Gallery. You know what I mean? But all of that would still need to be listed if you're going to do the, do, do the business as doing business as. That was a tongue twister. But um, yeah, so go to the IRS gov 
and get your EIN number. Like I said before in the beginning of the podcast, it's absolutely free. Do not pay anyone to obtain a EIN number because you can get that yourself. The only reason you may run into a problem with obtaining the EIN or a EIN number is if you owe taxes, back taxes, personal taxes, um, to to the um, IRS. Sorry, I got a little sidetracked. But other than that, it's a pretty smooth process. That process is all of 10 minutes. It's not hard. As long as you have an idea of where you're going, that should not be hard to get done. Um, When I did my EIN, again, with doing my EIN and registering with the state, at that point in time, because I did things a little bit backwards, I had my home address listed. But I'm going to go and update those things. So... For you guys doing it correctly, just go ahead and use your virtual uh, address. If you already have one, if that's the route that you want to go, use your virtual address whenever you are um, doing your EIN number and registering with the state. And if you did it like myself with your home address, you can go and update those things as well. Also, if you have your brick and mortar already go ahead and use that that's not a problem because you will be obtaining mail there and that's not a problem you can do that so you want to make sure you have those things that's pretty much it i think those were like seven steps these are the main seven things that you need before you can jump out successfully into trying to apply for business credit or the first step getting um vendor accounts um i'm just gonna go a little into detail about this because right now i'm talking about everything from experience that i have done so i'm able to tell you up and down this is what i did um i didn't do it this way but it still worked but this is the correct way to do it as it relates to the seven steps that i just mentioned now one other thing that i can add in is i did obtain my first vendor account yay me and um my business itself has only been in existence on paper for about two months on paper doing everything the right way so i don't want to get too in depth but i'll do this on another podcast as it relates to the business world you are also scored just like you are on your personal level um with like Experian, um, TransUnion, Equifax, but it's uh, through them, but also DMB, um, D- your Duns number. It's basically um, worldwide, so it's not just for the United States. You get like a business number, paydex score, and this is also another way that vendors decide if they would like to lend to you or not, and you don't get this out the gate this is how we start the whole business credit thing here now um you can apply for your dnb number free of charge so um you can actually go to their website don't ever let them because once you actually go to the website and you apply for it they're going to be calling you they're going to be emailing you constantly wanting you to pay for their actual services in which you don't have to but 
Obtaining your DMB number is um, something that you would need to do before you can get vendor credit. Now, depending on, and I take that back because that's what I was told, but I just applied for mine the other day. And the same day that I applied for it, I actually obtained my vendor account. So I don't know if it was in the crosshairs that I applied or what, but uh, I got it without having that actual number in hand but nonetheless um that's something that you would need at some point and even if you don't apply for it yourself depending on who you actually get credit with the vendor account you are gonna it's gonna generate a duns and bradstreet profile for you anyway because this is basically Business credit is measured by how you pay things back. So remember I mentioned on the the net 15 and net 30, if you have a net 30 account, you need to pay it back within the 30 days. Don't pay it on day 31 because that is going to impact your credit score, your business credit score. You want to pay it basically once you get that product, you want to try to pay it back as soon as possible. You do have that 30 days, but pay it back as soon as you can that's going to make your pay deck score as high as it can be and you want to have at least an 80 uh pay deck score but all of this will be something that that's why the duns number in the duns profile is um something that you want to access because you'll be able to see this yourself most of the time um you need at least five trade lines before it actually generates a paydex score. But that does not mean that... Okay, let me backtrack. Let me backtrack, let me backtrack. So, get your Dunn's number. So, you can go to Dunn's and Bradstreet. You can Google that. Or you can call 1-800-234-DUNS. And they will be able to go ahead and talk to you, walk you through the process of setting up your Dunn's and Bradstreet number. Now, I wouldn't recommend calling them because like I said they will try to sell you other services that you don't necessarily need I mean they can help but you don't need them they will try to sell you services where um you can add other things to your Duns and and Bradstreet profile so if you're paying let's just say um and this is an example and it may not be the case with everybody but you're paying Walmart every month but Walmart is not reporting to your Duns uh, profile they may be able to add Walmart to your Dunn's profile so now you have another trade line that's there so that's kind of like services that they will actually try to sell you that is something that you don't need and I'm sorry because I don't want to overload you guys with too much information that's not really needed but um that's just something to look out for when you do apply for your Dunn's number they're going to call you they're going to email you they're going to try to get you to buy other services but you don't have to do that if you do get those other services from them you'll probably get your duns number a little bit quicker they will tell you regularly give it 30 days before you can obtain it if you get the services you may get it in a week some people without obtaining any services i've heard that they've gotten theirs in a week as well um versus the 30 days but 30 days should be the max and again there is no price or anything for this duns number but Again, this Dunn's number is usually needed depending on certain vendors that you choose. Oh, gosh, I did forget one thing that I wanted to tell you guys about. 
we're still going to revisit the duns but what you also need to do as well is get you a business bank account i'm sorry very important and your business bank account should try to open that as soon as you um register your business so like in the very beginning this way you kind of have like it, it matches when your your company started and you have a paper trail and this also is something that you may need depending upon the vendors that you actually uh go after because they may want a bank reference and now you have the ability to just basically call Wells Fargo up or go to your bank or whatever and have them fax it to that vendor just basically saying that Rose's Pizza Gallery has a bank account it's been in existence since blah 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 you have that um on file you have that accessible to you and the process of getting a business account business bank account is really not that hard i personally bank with wells fargo so i decided to go with them for my uh, bank account my business bank account what they wanted was um and i don't know maybe because i have an account with them or maybe because it's a little bit different you're not actually i'm not an exit for a loan or anything i don't know they did ask for a lot of my personal information as well as the business information so i did give them my socials not like they didn't have it anyways but i gave them my social they have my name they have my um and again i did mine differently so at that time they for the business address i used my home address but you can use your virtual address so you're giving them all of this information definitely you would have to have your ein number because they're going to ask you for that they're going to ask you what your business name is because in what state you're in because like i told you it's in the database that they have access to what they're looking for is your article of organization and your certificate of existence and basically by telling them your business name and what state you're in they're going to be able to look you up and see if you're a legitimate business so um that's why these steps you need to take those before you even try to apply for a business bank account so that's why i want to make sure you have all of those ducks in a row first before you do certain things like in this case apply for a business account you'll more than likely get your own um caseworker or whatever only you know representative that you'll be speaking with um you'll get an extension they'll fax over some documents very easy that you just need to go in you need to um sign i don't think i needed to have anything notarized um just sign the document send it back they'll tell you in a few days if you were approved it probably took about a week and the only reason mine maybe like a week and a half mine took a little bit longer is because they had an old phone number on there for some reason when you have a personal account there they still tie things so they never called me on my business number they were calling me on an old cell phone number that i had back in 2007 versus emailing me so i had to call myself and that's when i found out that they still needed my signature on the document so um once i got that done like within the next two days i had my business account so i have access to um a debit card i can order checks i can do all of that so you have your business presence now so you can use your business bank account to pay your monthly um email email account um pay for your virtual addresses can come out of your business account how you're paying yourself whatever the case may be that presence is there and also for your vendors if they are requesting a um 
a bank reference, they will be able to get that from your bank because you now have a business account. And like I said, the process isn't hard, but make sure that you try to set that up in the very, very beginning. So back to the DMV, and I'm sorry, I don't want to make this a long podcast. I want to wrap it up. Go ahead and try to apply for your DUNS number. Can take up to 30 days, free of charge. Um, Certain vendors require it. Want to back track or bring it up to speed I guess to where we're at now I actually got my first um vendor account Annette 30 through a company called Uline with my uh business I actually need glass and plastic bottles so I was ordering them from Amazon getting a small quantity but paying a lot of money I was paying like 30 dollars for like 20 bottles wherein I just ordered um I think like 65 bottles and I spent like $40 and I didn't even have to pay it. I got a net 30 account. I got approved. Now the research that I saw online it told me I would need a bank reference. I would need to have um, at least two trade lines. All of this stuff. Hey, I don't know. God must be looking out for you girl. But I got on through. Now I do think all of the other steps that I took played a major part in that with me having a virtual address, having my things on Google, um, having my stuff on 411, it, you know, having my uh, company registered with the state. I think that that played an important part. And I don't know, for some reason, I think this too. I applied like three o'clock in the morning. So I don't know if I slipped through the cracks or not, but nonetheless, your girl got approved. So I got approved for the uh, net 30 account. It's not going to be a big hooray if you decided to go through Uline.com, and that's U-L-I-N-E.com. It's not, they're not going to make it a big deal like, hey, you've been approved. They're basically just going to be uh, just going to send you an email, confer- uh, email confirmation just telling you that your order has been uh, processed and the next email is telling you when it's shipped. So that's basically it. But I got uh, my first vendor account very, very easy, but... I do, again, believe that all of those steps that I told you about before played a major, major role. So I'm going to stop there today because I don't want to overload you guys. And I feel like this podcast has already been very, very long and I can talk like I can talk. So I'm going to stop and maybe I'll have another update by the next time I do another podcast with another vendor that I've obtained and possibly I will have my Dunn's number by the next time I do a podcast as well. But um, go ahead and start working on those steps that I mentioned. And then um, next podcast, I'll talk about getting your presence known on Google, the things that you could do there, and also um, the other vendors that you can look into as well. Like we have Quill, Granger. There are a few others that you can actually um, take a look at as well. Before we get into the next step, which is applying for a like, and I'm not there yet because I need to obtain at least four more vendor accounts. But the next step is trying to get some revolving credit like a, a Staples uh, card or a Walmart card, a Best Buy card or whatever. You need to have at least 10 of those. And this is just the overview. And once you obtain at least 10 of those, then you can start applying for like a Visa business card or a um, American Express business card or whatever. Because now you have the credibility with your vendor accounts, with your revolving credit accounts. It's steps, it's, it's levels to this shit. You can't, like I said, jump off the porch 
trying to get a $50,000 business credit card. It ain't, you're going to get declined, okay? But I'm going to wrap it up. Y'all make sure, again, to follow your girl on Instagram, the Sophisticated Ratchet Podcast. Um, We have a Facebook page. Go ahead and like that. I'll update that fairly soon. We are on Twitter, TSR Podcast 00. But in the meantime, you guys, stay safe out there and stay cool. And I will holler at you later.